Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm happy you joined us on our podcast today. I'm going to ask you, if you have a Bible, to turn to some passages, so have your Bible handy today. And let me explain what we're talking about. Our title is Played, The Old World Order Rising. There's a global government coming to the earth, the kingdom of God. But before it comes, there is one final human kingdom coming. Now I'm going to give you some homework today. And you thought you were out of school. Here's your homework There is no way I can possibly explain all of the background that I am teaching from today that you would need to understand in order to really put all of this together. So I have to give you some homework. On my podcast, if you look back a few months, you'll find a series called Future Trends. You need to listen to that. There are also other episodes, uh, most of my last six episodes for the last six weeks, the majority of those touch on some of these themes. And you can also listen to the podcast series, The Great Rapture Debate, from 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, because a lot of the background is there. All right, that's your homework assignment. Let's get going. The Wuhan virus. The number one thing I want to make very clear to you today is I completely understand it is real. I understand that people have been sickened. Many have died. I completely get that. Not denying that at all. I don't know exactly how it came to exist. I don't know if it's a natural phenomenon or it was made in a lab or it was, uh, you know, escaped from a lab. Who knows? I, I don't have any way to know that. I do know it's real, and I do know it's serious. But I also believe that it has been used as a bioweapon by China, even if they did not create it. And again, I have no way to know that. But even if they did not do it, it is very apparent that once they realized there was a plague in their country. They kept it from spreading within China, but they allowed all of those flights out of China to places like Italy and Spain and Iran and so forth, and even to our country. So it doesn't even matter what intent was. The result is it might as well have been a bioweapon because the world has been infected because of China's behavior. That's a fact. I also believe, and this is my opinion, you may or may not share it, but I believe that it it has also been used as a weapon by what we've come to know as deep state. It has been used and is being used as a weapon by globalists who are making a power play. They want to control the direction of this world. I think we've been played to a great extent. And what is happening, in my opinion, is our economy is being collapsed. America is is being brought down to size, so to speak. We are being collapsed as a nation because we are the strongest nation in the world and a great impediment in many ways to world government. 
and we are being collapsed to clear the way for a final push to a new world order that you've heard about so often, what we might call global government. Now, is that about to happen next month? I'm not saying that. Is it about to happen in a year? I don't know. I'm just saying I believe the pathway is being cleared because everything is pretty much in place for the globalists to achieve a one-world government. I believe this is going to bring to a finish what Lucifer, better known as Satan, what Lucifer began 5,000 years ago in the old world order. Now, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 10. And let me find that so, so I can read that as well. Genesis chapter 10. And in Genesis chapter 10, let's look at verses 8 through 10. Now, just know this. This is after Noah's flood, which, by the way, I, I make no apology here. It is a, his, an historical flood. There is a flood story in every civilization around the world. It was a real event. Um, animals and fossils and so forth that shouldn't be found on mountaintops are, and people in that, that field know this is true. So there was a universal flood in a, a world history. This that we're about to read happens after the flood. Noah and his family have gotten off the ark. The world begins to be repopulated. And so we read anyway in Genesis 10, verses 8 through 10, And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. All right, now, Nimrod's name means rebel. And it says he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a probably a hunter, but, you know, a man's man and all that kind of stuff. But he was a, a not only a trapper of animals, apparently he was a trapper of people. He was a mighty one in the earth. And it says in verse 9, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean that he was like uh, in the Lord's sight or he loved the Lord or anything like that. What it means is that he tried to replace God. Wherefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. This became kind of his reputation. And we see it says where his kingdom was. It was in what we know, we call it Babel, but it probably is uh, Babel. And we call it also Babylon and Eric and Akkad and Kauna in the land of Shinar. So... Um, this is in what we would call modern-day Iraq. So this is who this guy was. Now, let's go to Genesis 11, and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. So remember who Nimrod is now. This is important. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. 
And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city." Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. All right, now there's a lot in that. And we're not going to dwell a long time on it, so you look at your Bible while I make some comments and guide you through this. Why am I calling what we read the old world order? Well, as I said, this is where Lucifer, Satan, who craves the worship of men that only God deserves. You remember Lucifer was a rebel and was cast out of heaven and he took with him a uh, third of the angels. He sought to set up a government on earth through Nimrod, that would reject God. So let's let's work our way through about 10 points here, and you can look at your passage there. In Genesis 11, 1 through 9, Nimrod is a man who is revered essentially as a new God. He was a rebel without a clue, let me tell you. Now, his his the word there is maraud, and it means that he was a rebel, that's what Nimrod is. That's Marad, okay? Rebel, though, without a clue. Now, some scholars believe that Nimrod is actually the historic figure referred to in the Gilgamesh epic, uh, epic rather, in Babylon. Whether he is or not, certainly Nimrod was a real individual, and he was a rebel against God. Now, the second thing is he was the leader of the first, the very first God is dead movement. (laughs) He wanted God dead. You see, Nimrod and the rest of the world by this time, except for those who love the Lord, Nimrod and the world in general hated that flood-sending God of Noah. And basically, Nimrod proclaimed peace and safety in our time and never again. And many people in the world rallied to Nimrod to build this city and build this tower. Now, let me get one thing out of the way right away. Often, uh, when we're children and we hear this story, we think it 
probably we think it's some kind of fable and they were trying to build a you know a literal tower into heaven to go into heaven that's that's not it this really happened and apparently they were building what we call a ziggurat and those things are all over the world so this is not something that's just in the bible and everybody around the world says we don't know what you're talking about ziggurats are everywhere but a ziggurat was built and it it had a uh, zodiac for lack of better way to explain it they worship the stars the sun and moon and stars okay let's just call it what it is instead of worshiping the creator of the sun and moon and stars they worship the creation and sought to exalt themselves but listen write this down and get this as far as Nimrod was concerned this flood sending God might as well and should be dead he hated God and he sought to build a um, a world order that did not include God because he was a rebel the third thing is he led people to reject the God of Noah and receive the government of Nimrod and trained people that government is, in fact, your new God, and I am your new leader, Nimrod. Number four, he promised people that government will take care of them. Ed, how do you say that? Because when you read the description of the city they built and the tower, we see that the process they used was a a well-known I mean, it's known all over the world and has been for thousands and thousands of years. He built a waterproof city. Let that sink in. Why would he do that? So that they would never be taken out by God again. Now, the thing is here as well is that God had promised he would never destroy the earth again by a flood. But Nimrod and his citizens did not trust this God of Noah. And so they were going to take charge of things for themselves and build this waterproof city so that they could never be destroyed again. They built a political and spiritual old world order. And by political and spiritual, they built cities. And and you see that right there in what we read. And they built the tower. Now, if you're thinking right about now, oh, come on, this tower is just a story. No, it's not. The father of history, that is the the person who created the way history is recorded, is Herodotus, the Greek historian. He was born in Turkey. And an interesting thing about Herodotus, who wrote and... uh, and traveled and taught and, and all of that around, it was in the 400s B.C. as a Greek historian. He was not like a historian. He was the only historian. He created the way history is recorded, and he's regarded that way even today. But here's the neat thing. Unlike modern journalists who sit in cubicles and get their stories off of Twitter, he actually traveled the known world. Well, how far did he go, Pastor Ed? He went to Egypt. He traveled through the Middle East. He traveled, you know, obviously was familiar with Turkey. 
he traveled all over the known world his entire life. He was a, a rampant traveler. And then he lectured on what he discovered because he interviewed the citizens of those areas where he went. He asked them about their local history, and he, he devised a way to record all this in logical form. Well, say, Ed, why are you telling me this? I don't care about this dude. Here's why. Herodotus saw the ruins of this tower. It still existed in his day. And he attested to that. Hmm. So Nimrod, a rebel against God, built a political and spiritual old world order through his cities and tower that was rebelling against the God of Noah. There also was a violent rejection of the biblical God and believers in God. I'm sure they didn't want anybody in their city or in their tower that believed in Noah's God. They didn't like Noah's God, and they didn't like anybody who believed in Noah's God. You see, Nimrod was a chip off the old blockhead Cain. That was his great-great-great-granddaddy somewhere way back there who was a God-hater and murderer from way back. And he also founded a new city and formed a new religion before the flood came. And Nimrod was just doing what his great-great-great-granddaddy did. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? So can you see what was happening here in this old world order? Now, God had told his people after the flood in Genesis 9-11, spread out, you know, subdue the earth, be fruitful and multiply. Now, God had said that after the flood, but Nimrod contradicted God, and Nimrod said, no, we need to unite in a large city, and he had more than one large city. And we need to make sure that's a waterproof city where there's peace and security in our time and never again. Well, God launched a preemptive strike on the old world order and he took it out. And how did he do that? I mean, it's fascinating to me how he did it. He confused their languages and by the way, there it says, uh, you know, let, let us do this. Um, I'm not quoting that exactly. Let me, let me look back there and see if I can pull that up real quick. Um, I've got too many things I'm going back and forth between. And the Lord said, behold, this is in Genesis 11:6. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down. Who's the us? That's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel or Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. So we see there that that preemptive strike was, was done through, you know, he didn't drop a giant meteor on them from heaven or 
you know, burn them up with fire or even send another flood. He promised, you know, he would not do that. But he did a simple thing. I mean, when people think they mess with God, they're idiots. God just said, this simple. We'll just completely confound their language. They won't even be able to communicate with any, anybody anymore. And so that's how they were scattered. And this old world order was put to a halt. Now, Lucifer has been waiting about 7,000 years for the old world order to revive. And we know that, I believe, is the push for the new world order, which will be the same as the old world order. It, now, here's the exciting thing. It is this final wreckage of human government that Christ will return and demolish. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving that. But listen, what, why do I have the title played? the old world order rising. I think to a great degree, we are being played. The, the virus is real, however it came into being. The virus is real. Many people have gotten sick. Many have died. Thankfully, it has not, has been, not been as um, deadly as, as was feared initially. But I think we've been played, and it's about control. Now, what I'm about to tell you, you are going to be sure that I am a total nut job, a conspiracy theorist, and I'm making this up. So please, you go check it out on your own, because I checked this out myself to be sure uh, you know, what I'm talking about here. But I can't convince you of this verbally. You have to do your homework on this. On October 18th, 2019, there was a meeting uh, in New York City led by Johns Hopkins University Center for Health Security. That's a mouthful. And in New York City, all the, all the people, uh, organizations rather, that you would expect to be there were there. And they were gaming. I believe that's a direct quote of the word they use. Um, I'm saying that from memory. They were gaming a response to a global viral epidemic and put like eight exclamation points after that. What a coincidence, right? Shazam, as Gomer would say. Are you kidding me? They talked about the need uh, in the next pandemic that would come to flood the zone with their version of information and control the narrative from the top down. That means from, from the government down to the people, through the government media complex to basically craft the story that they wanted repeated over and over and over and over and over and over. Hey, by the way, I've turned it off. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm washing my hands. I wear a mask, but I'm tired of being propagandized. So I don't listen to it anymore. Now, do you know, I checked this out because I thought this is crazy. So I looked it up. Do you know what the name of the conference was? Here's the name. Event 201, a global pandemic exercise. Now, hear me clearly. 
They, as far as I know, they did not predict that COVID-19 was about to hit. I'm not saying that. Hear me well and do not misquote me. But the point I am making here is that they, they were exercising a very important aspect, and that was how globalists would modify behavior when this happened again, because they figured, hey, pandemics come and go, there's going to be more. Whenever it happens, how are we going to play it? They, they were exercising as uh, government and governmental organizations and non-governmental organizations how to handle this and modify behavior. I would call it how to herd people, H-E-R-D, how to push people where you think they ought to go. Now, let me be fair, and I don't think this is totally true, but let me be fair here. I'm going to be very charitable and generous and say that, well, surely not all of these people understand what they're doing, and, and, and surely many think that this is a good idea and it's the best thing for people, and, you know, we're just trying to make bad things, a, be- a better situation out of bad things. So I'm not saying that every person who attended this event or thinks like this is evil to the core, uh, you know, Satan personified. Not saying that. I just don't think most of them, some of them may be, I don't know. I don't know any of them. But I think many people involved in this are probably trying to do what they think is best. So is that fair? That sounds pretty fair to me. But I want to say this. Obviously, this behavior modification is well underway through the government media complex. What does that mean, Pastor Ed? I'm talking about how, like in our own country, Pretty much the media is the mouthpiece for the Democrat Party and vice versa. And when, when the media and the government get together, it's, it can lead to propaganda. And that wouldn't be the first time in human history that ever happened, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying. You understand that. But they were gaming how to use government and media to modify and control behavior by flooding the zone with their message. Let that sink in. Now, I want to ask you a few questions. As Americans, and I'm sure that many of you listening are, are Americans, but this would apply just about from any com- country you were from, but uh, our, our constitutional rights, remember those things? Th- they're on hold for weeks for months? Forever? Now, I don't think they're on hold forever. I want to be clear about that. I think everything's going to open back up again, hopefully. But the idea that our constitutionally guaranteed rights, which come not from government but from God, that our rights are on hold with, without our consent for weeks and months, that's unheard of. And, and we're not consulted about this. We are not allowed to even go to work to provide for ourselves and our families. We're not allowed to peaceably assemble. 
now we're not allowed to attend religious services. And, and I know that most churches have voluntarily done that. And I think initially that I understand that, but this can't go on forever. But there have been government officials that have threatened churches that if they opened, they would be closed forever. Or at least one that I know of, and you probably know who I'm talking about. We're not allowed to use a public park. People, people are being arrested for going to a public park and nobody's within 100 yards of them. We're not allowed to visit our family. What is going on here? Those are the questions you should be asking. I'm asking them. Now, here's where globalists are taking the world. And I hear me again clearly. It may not be this thing. It, it, it probably is not this thing we're dealing with right now. But I think this is probably a, a warm-up. Um, they're using this opportunity to figure out how to better do this in the future. That's what I think. But what are globalists wanting to do sooner or later? And I, I'm sure they would like to do it sooner if they can. They are about establishing a global government. They are about establishing a cashless digital currency economy. That is, we're even hearing now that People in places to do something about this are saying that that paper, you know, currency is is tainted with the Wuhan virus. So there is talk of of this is a good reason to get away from currency and go to a digital currency economy. Now, I, I want you to think about it like this. As long as you can work and, and you can cash your paycheck, and I know many of you don't even use cash anymore. Well, I'm a resistor. <laughs> I use cash. But here's the point. When you no longer control, literally control your money, then somebody else can control it with a mouse click. Think about what I just said. They are about using vaccinations as a platform to give every person in, a wor in the world a, quote, digital identity for a, and this is a, this is a quote, a device-free identification. That means no need for a cell phone or anything like that. Yikes, <laughs> what a coincidence. The Bible predicts that in Revelation 13. Say, oh, come on. Ed, you know, these people are just trying to control a bad thing. Hey, check it out yourself. I want you to do some, some uh, searching. Look up ID2020 Alliance. Now, according to researcher Parker Clausen of Harbinger's Daily, there's a close link, and I'm, I'm quoting uh, Gary Ka here, there's a close link between the pursuit of digital ID and vaccinations. And this has only been recent, by the way. Clausen writes, quote, with an equal drive to get everyone vaccinated, GAVI, which is an acronym like FBI, but it stands for Global Alliance of Vaccines and Immunizations, G-A-V-I. So um, uh, GAVI, 
and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation play a pivotal role in the ID2020 Alliance's mission. And uh, Gary Ka, you can go to Gary Ka, K-A-H, Gary, K-A-H.org, and uh, see that article, COVID-19, A Global Conditioning, and he footnotes that, but he, he continues. At their 2019 summit, ID2020 unveiled its latest program, recognizing the opportunity for immunization to serve as a platform for digital identity this program leverages, leverages existing vaccination and birth registration operations to offer newborns a persistent and portable biometrically linked digital identity. Clausen points out the Gates Foundation's involvement in pursuing special technologies for planting the universal digital ID on every person. He notes, and uh, this is a quote here. He notes, coming out of Rice University, there is a new technology labeled the quantum dot tattoo. This tag consists of tiny micro needles that deliver a vaccine, dissolves the sugar-based needles, and leaves behind a mark or barcode-like tattoo. This mark leaves a record of the vaccine that had been received, uh, a record of the vaccine that had been received through an infrared-like dye pattern that can be read by a customized smartphone. Wow. And that's footnoted at GaryKa.org under his article, COVID-19, A Global Conditioning. Now, Ed, are you saying that's the mark of the beast? I'm not saying that directly. I believe the mark of the beast we see in Revelation 13, first of all, it comes from the beast, the Antichrist, the world leader in charge of the final human global government. And the Bible is very clear that it's mark on the right hand or forehead. So I, I can't say for sure this has to do with that. But, but anyway, the point, though, that you should zero in on is this drive to basically tag everybody in the whole world to track them. And maybe this leads to something more sinister. But anyway, it's funny. It's, it's, a, it's a parallel in many ways to what we read in Revelation 13. Now, the UN Agenda 2030 the Sustainable Development Goals of United Nations Agenda 2030. You know, that sounds so warm and fuzzy, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you can read about them and search it out yourself. Do not take any of this on face value from what I say. You go check it out. What it's about is inventory and control. That's what it's ultimately about, where every, all of everything in the entire world, including all people, are inventoried and controlled. Everything from land to minerals to governments to citizens to individuals, everything is uh, basically quantified so it can be controlled. Well, that sounds good, but I think 
in wrong hands, that can be, and I say this reverently, that can be hell on earth, baby. Now, I'm not a techie, but even I can see the progress that a, a communist country like China has already made with a surveillance society using cameras everywhere and 5G, and it, it is being exported to the world and we are already well on the way to becoming a what I might call a prison planet. And all of that nice-sounding stuff about Agenda 2030 and sustainable development goals and all of that, again, I'll be very generous. I'm just going to say, hey, they just want a better world. Hey, great. Doesn't everybody. But there's coming a world leader who will use things like this to completely enslave this planet. Now, if you go along with all that, it's all good. It's good if, if you love every detail of your life dictated by socialism. But if you love freedom and conscience, then all of this will expose you and identify you as a threat to the new world order and you will be re-educated or probably just eliminated through this cashless digital economy and having to have the mark to even buy or sell. Those who don't play ball will be frozen out or probably rounded up and eliminated. Now, Here's the thing that's bothering me right now. Let's say, let's say they want to do all this stuff that I've mentioned, but it, it might be, you know, years before it all came about. God, God is in control of when this happens. I want to make that real clear. Just like he did the preemptive strike on the old world order, he can delay this as long as he wants. If he wants to, he can put it all back on the shelf and another hundred years can go by. God is completely in charge. But I know that the people who want this would rather have it sooner than later. And here's the thing in America that bothers me. During the last four months, I'm seeing government at every level in our country and as well as around the world, government acts like it's all broken up about this pandemic and cares for the citizens. But it seems to me, that many in governments are pretty excited about all the new power they're exercising. And this hit me this week as I was thinking about it. Government loves this stuff because they can control citizens better. I mean, what bureaucrat, even in America, doesn't want more power? You see, it gives them a reason to get up in the morning. So, that's why, in my opinion, although there may be health concerns, I'm not too sure about that this far along uh, for the general public, but I, I, I recognize that some people are having a very, very hard time and many have died from this, but generally, I think that government doesn't want to relax the grip. That's what I think. I think they're, they're feeling it. They're liking this, and they want to drag it out as long as they can. But 
I went over all of this, and I listen, I prayed about it and really debated this because I will be labeled as some kind of crazy person saying the things I've said. But you research it. This is where globalists are openly, boldly going where Nimrod tried to go before, to use a Star Trek theme. They, they want that government without God, with man firmly in control. They want that. And Lucifer tried that with Nimrod, and God took it out. Now, this pandemic we're in right now, and I'm making this in April 2020 at the end here, end of April. This pandemic, um, you know, it, it may just be a warm-up. But we can see where it can lead in future crises, just like the Bible warns. And listen, you may have come to this podcast today and you're not a professing Christian. You don't like church. You don't like the Bible. You may even be a Bible-hating, non-patriotic person. But listen, even you were probably alarmed at what is happening so quickly and what that can mean for the future of the world. You see, it's called trading liberty for security. Benjamin Franklin is for certain one of the smartest people in world history. And he said that those who trade liberty for security will have neither liberty nor security. And that's pretty smart there. We ought to think about that. Now, here's my take. The rapture of the church, that's when Christ returns and he takes his bride, the church, out of the world before this global government reigns in terror over the world for seven years in the tribulation. The rapture of the church, I believe Scripture teaches it, and you can go back and listen to everything I've done here uh, recently, the great rapture debate, future trends, all that, and get my reasoning. But I believe the rapture of the church may be sooner than you ever imagined. And here's what I think. I, I don't like to get political, but this ties all in with the Bible, and that's why I'm going here. If President Trump is not elected and the Democrat social progressives retake the presidency and the Senate and hold the House, I think for globalists, it could, it could be game on, baby. Now, right now, President Trump and a strong America is a block to all of this because Americans are not real partial to giving up their freedom. But if freedom lovers lose and the globalists win, they're free to put the pedal to the metal on a six-lane freeway. And I think if they can do it, I think they will. I don't think they'll risk another Trump-type president or Bible-reading, gun-toting patriots delaying their plans. They will seize the world by the throat and never let go until Christ returns to set up his kingdom on earth. That's good news, isn't it? 
I want you to look at another passage of Scripture because this has probably been depressing to you. Let's go to uh, Psalm 2. Now, let's find Psalm 2, see if I can find it. All right, here it is, Psalm 2. Now, this is a psalm that definitely applies to the return of Christ. And I want you to listen to what it says. This has been in the Bible for, uh, let's see, about let's see, about 3,000 years, roughly. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Now this is about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, returning to the earth and taking charge. The prophet Daniel predicted that this final world human government would be shattered into pieces and blown away with the wind when Christ returns. Why? Because it's a God-hating, God-rejecting global government. That's where, that's where we're going, and the good news is Jesus is going to return, and he's going to take this out. Now, in 2 Thessalonians 2, we're going to read another passage here. And I think we're going to read 12 verses in 2 Thessalonians 2. Because that's, uh, that's what this passage is referring to here. Uh, the same thing. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, 
and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let. Now that that means he who now prevents will continue to prevent. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now, in the Greek, that reads that they should believe the lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Wow. So the good news is Christ is going to return to destroy this old world order that's set up as the new world order. And we see in 2 Thessalonians 2, he's going to deal especially with the Antichrist, the beast, that heads up that final global government. Now I have one question for you today. We're done. Got Jesus? Are you saved? Do you know know the Lord for real, personally? Do you know that your sins are forgiven and if you died today, you would wake up in heaven instantly, just like that? Do you know for sure that if Christ called his bride, the church, home today, that you would go? If you're not sure about that, or you know that, you know you're not, then I'm going to give you some phone numbers I want you to call where you can get some help, where people will help you come to Christ so that you never have to go through this terrible future that the world is rapidly heading toward. Write these numbers down. I'm going to say all of the numbers two times. The first number you can call during regular business hours, central time in the United States, uh, you know, sort of like 9 to, nine to 4, something like that, 888-537-8720. One more time, 888-537-8720. You can get spiritual help if you call that number. I'm going to give you numbers for the church where I, I uh, worship. And I believe uh, probably, again, during business hours or maybe, maybe these lines are manned um, you know, most, 
most throughout the day and evening. I'm not totally sure about that. But write these numbers down. You can call 901-347-2000. Or you can text 901-450-5977. One more time, 901 450 5977. And if you'll do that, uh, one of those ways, someone will lead you to Christ or help you grow as a Christian and just help you get squared away so that you have the peace of Christ. You're looking for not the Antichrist, but Jesus Christ. You will not have to go through the tribulation period that's coming to this world. And you can help others meet Christ as well and help them avoid that also. So I hope this has been enlightening to you today. I deeply encourage you to check it all out on your own, uh, independently of me or this podcast. And you can also listen to our podcast. And I think if you do that, uh, you will see that hmm, these are some things I really need to think a lot about. Well, I would agree with that. Thank you for listening. I hope that you will let other people know. Share this particular episode on social media. Tell other people about the podcast. They can find it at www.dredhill.podbean.com. There's no period after the DR. It's just D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L dot P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com. They can also find it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio podcasts, and many other places as well. Thanks again for listening. God bless you richly is my prayer. And I will be speaking with you on our next podcast if the Lord doesn't come first. God bless you. Amen. Amen.